Father, in Jesus' name tonight, we give you praise and glory. We thank you for the blessing and for the opportunity you have granted unto us to receive your word. We pray that the Holy Spirit will take absolute control and cause the word to have a free course in our lives and to perform the purpose for which it has been sent. In Jesus' precious and mighty name have we prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. Peace and many blessings. Peace and many blessings unto those of us who are here and those of us who are watching us live on our social media platforms. I wish to thank the senior pastor and the entire leadership for the opportunity granted to share with you tonight. Tonight we'll be looking at the letter to the church in Sardis. Sardis, S-A-R-D-I-S. And we are praying that the Lord will have mercy and grant us understanding of his word. So on a lighter note, um, this is one of the cities that you cannot easily forget. Sardis. If you've ever eaten sardine before, you can't afford to forget Sardis. So next time you pick your Titus sardine, remember that the Lord is speaking to you. Amen. So a little bit about Sardis and the church in Sardis. So Sardis is located in Asia Minor. This is just a bit of a background. And it's currently found in modern day Turkey. And it is one of the seven cities in the book of Revelation that the Lord Jesus spoke about to Apostle John. The city of Sardis was a former capital of an empire called the Lydian Empire. And it had a long history as a thriving commercial center. In other words, Sardis was a very active city. They were wealthy. They were prosperous. Indeed, according to history, the city of Sardis and its surrounding area were watered by a certain river. And it is believed that the river had golden sands. And so Sardis was very resourceful. Sardis was a wealthy place. It is also said that one of the kings of Sardis actually financed the construction of a temple to the goddess Diana or Artemis. So it was a very, very powerful city. And there was a church in Sardis to whom Jesus Christ had these few things to say. It is interesting that one of the things that has been said about Sardis is that the people were naturally very arrogant. And they had a certain attitude of apathy. And because they were very financially strong and very resourceful, some way, somehow, this attitude crept its way into the church. And so Jesus Christ was addressing the church and told them a number of things. And for us to easily remember tonight, I will be using the letter R to illustrate some of the key things that Jesus shared with the church in Sardis. So if you can turn quickly with me to Revelations 3, 1 to 6 from the NIV. 
Revelations 3, 1 to 6 from the NIV. The scripture says to the angel of the church in Sardis write, These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up. Strengthen what remains and is almost about to die. For I have not found your deeds complete in the sight of my God. Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. Obey it and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief. And you will not know at what time I will come to you. Yet, you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. They will walk with me dressed in white, for they are worthy. Verse 5. He who overcomes will like them be dressed in white. I will never blot out his name from the book of life, but will acknowledge his name before my father and his angels. Verse 6. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Amen. Amen. So the first thing that Jesus said to the church in Sardis can be found in verse 1. He says, you have a reputation. You have a reputation that you are alive, but you are actually dead. So the city of Sardis was a very active lively city. It was full of activity. And I believe that the church in Sardis was also a very seemingly lively church. On the outside, they were very lively. On the outside, they were well known. But Jesus said that you have a semblance of being alive, but you are actually dead. You have a reputation, number one, a reputation to be alive, but you are dead. What does that mean to us as a church? It could mean that you could have large numbers in church, multiple programs, activities, breakthrough seminars, miracle services, healing services so-called, big programs, wonderful crowds, huge crowds, big offerings, contemporary, up-to-date with technology. The lighting is on point. Everything is great. But perhaps the Lord may not be in it. So when Jesus said, I am he who has the seven spirits of God or the sevenfold spirit, that, is, that represents the completeness of the work of the Holy Spirit, he was trying to tell them that the life-giving spirit was not active in their church. It also means that the Holy Spirit was not in full control of what was happening. So, ladies and gentlemen, we should never equate large crowds, seeming busyness, seeming bubbliness and activity, vigor, zest, with being alive. You know, in the days of Elijah, when the Lord was revealing himself unto Elijah, the Bible says that there was a mighty earthquake. There was a strong wind. 
There was a fire. But the Lord was not in any of these things. So God was telling the church in Sardis that it's not about the multiplicity of the activities. It's not the number of programs that you do. If the Spirit of God is not in control and is not in charge, it all counts for nothing. People may see you as having a huge church with a huge crowd, with everything seeming to be happening. But God may not think so. May the Lord have mercy on us. In the days of David, when his son Absalom was caught up in a ticket, the Bible says his hair was caught up in the ticket, and the donkey he was riding ran along and left him hanging. It was a symbol of ministry. That sometimes you can be caught in a ticket, but it seems as if the ministry is moving. And God is not in it. So he said you have a reputation as being alive, but you are dead. The second thing he said to the church in Sardis, the second R. So the first is reputation to be alive. Some of us as individuals, we may pretend, but God knows our hearts. The second R is renewal and revival. Renewal and revival. He said to them, Wake up. Strengthen what little remains. Wake up. In other words, be renewed. In other words, be revived. People may think that you are powerful. People may think that you are audacious. Or people may be looking at you as you were some years ago and say, Hey, sister so and so, and brother so and so, you are on fire, you are powerful. You may have a seeming reputation. But Jesus said, wake up. Because in your heart of hearts, as an individual, as you go before God, you realize that no, my heart is far from God. He said, wake up. Strengthen what little remains. In other words, he was telling the church, be renewed. Be revived. Be stirred up. Be challenged. For I have not found your works perfect in the sight of God. Let me mention this church that all the letters that Christ wrote to the, to the various churches, he did it out of love as the Lord of the churches. The Bible says that he who the Lord loves, he chastens. Other versions say he chastises. He disciplines. So, by the time he was rebuking this church, he knew that that was not the end. He wanted them to repent. He wanted them to turn unto him. So, it was a message of love, even though it had a lot of judgments or a lot of warnings. He did it out of a heart of love for his church, for the ones he had died for. So, he said, wake up. Strengthen what little remains. Hallelujah. Strengthen what little remains. Now what I find interesting about this piece of scripture is that in the New Testament, 
Jesus had said that to him who has, more will be given. And to him who has nothing, even the seeming little he has, will be taken away from him. But I find it so interesting that to the church in Sardis, he said that little thing that remains that is about to die, I will not let it die. Hallelujah. So wherever you are in your faith with the Lord right now, as an individual, listening to the sound of my voice, I want to let you know that God is saying that there is hope for you. You may be on the very brink of giving up. Whatever little faith you have left, he said if you have faith as little as a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and it shall be done unto you. Whatever little love so-called you may have in your heart, he wants it revived. He wants it renewed. Whatever little. Somebody said, well, I only have a little strength. He said, wake up and strengthen yourself. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Look to him for strength. Look to him for revival. Look to him for renewal. And whatever that little thing is that remains, if we will commit it to him. He said, the songwriter said, little is much when God is in it. So wherever you are, you can say, Lord, my faith is so little. I've come to my wit's end. My strength is low. My strength is small. But I look to you. When that little boy offered his five loaves of bread and two fishes to Jesus, see the miracle that came out. God can do something with your life. No matter how little faith you have now. No matter how little hope you have in your heart. He said, wake up. Strengthen what little thing remains. So he's saying unto us, church, be renewed and be revived. Can I hear someone say amen? So we've talked about a reputation to be alive. He said, be renewed and be revived. The other thing he said to the church in Sardis, and which I believe he's saying to us as a local assembly and as individuals, he said, remember, repent, and return. Remember, repent, and return. He said, go back to what you first heard. And believed. And returned to Christ. Remember. Repent. And return. He said remember therefore. What you have received and heard. Another version says that. Go back to what you first heard and believed. My brother, my sister. Tell your neighbor go back. Go back to what you first heard and believed. And so when David was praying, he said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. 
do not take your Holy Spirit away from me. He said, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and renew a right spirit within me. The Lord is saying to us, go back to what you first heard. When you first came to Christ. When you, you first became born again. You believed the word of the Lord. No arguments. God said it. I believe it. And that settles it. But today, because we have been around for a long time, we try to calculate. Okay, so God said I should give my tithe 10%. But when I do the mathematics, it shouldn't be 10%. It should actually be 2%. Because when I look at the reality of the situation of the times and the seasons that we live in and the complexities and intricacies of life today, when I look, the 10% will not work. He said, go back. To what you first heard. You used to believe God for anything and everything. He said go back. To what you first heard. The truths that you first heard. And believed. He said go back. And return unto me. Go back. Go back to your first love. Go back to your prayer closet. I remember I was reading a book a while back and one of the chapters was called Google or God. And it was explaining how today it is very easy for us to Google for an answer than to seek the face of God for divine direction. He said, will you choose Google or God? At first, whenever a situation hits you, You will go into your closet and cry out unto God. But today, you want to check what the analysts are saying. You want to check what the weatherman is saying. But those days, when you are leaving home, when you had no Google, when you didn't have a phone, you say, Holy Spirit, should I pass left or should I pass right? Should I use this junction or should I not use this junction? Which way would you want me to take? And some way, somehow, the Holy Spirit will direct your path and lead you. You will come into contact with somebody that you, you, you haven't seen for a long time. You will have an opportunity, a destiny-changing moment to speak to somebody. But today, it is very easy to use Google Maps. To determine the shortest route to your destination. He said, go back to what you first heard. What you first believed. That Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father except through him. Go back to the times when you believe that he is your only source of provision. He is your protector. He is your defender. He is your help. He is your rock of ages. He is your everything. He said, go back to what you first heard. Lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth, where neither moth nor rats that corrupt, and where thieves cannot break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Go back to what you first heard and believed and return unto me. Remember, repent, and return. Is God speaking to you? He said, or else 
I will come upon you as a thief in the night. In Luke 21, verse 34 to 36, in the message, the Bible says, but be on your guard. Don't let the sharp edge of your expectation get dulled by parties and drinking and shopping. Wow, I didn't even know that shopping was in the Bible. Otherwise, that day is going to take you by complete surprise. Spring on you suddenly like a trap. For it is going to come on everyone everywhere at once. So whatever you do, don't go to sleep at the switch. Pray constantly that you will have strength and wits to make it through everything that is coming and end up on your feet before the Son of Man. Luke 21, 34 to 36. He said, otherwise I will come upon you as a thief in the night. The interesting thing is that in 1 Thessalonians 5, the Lord has told us that when we stand with him and when we stand for him, that day will not come upon us as a thief in the night. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 to 4, from the New King James Version, the Bible says, But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them, as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. So even though he was telling the church in Sardis, that I will come upon you as a thief. He has shown us how that day will not take us by surprise. Hallelujah. Reputation to be alive. Renewal and revival. Remember, repent and return. This is also what Jesus had to say to the church in Sardis. He said there are some of you who have not soiled their clothes. He was talking about the remnant. Yet you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. They will walk with me dressed in white, for they are worthy. Jesus was talking about the remnant. The remnant. The Bible says that nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. Having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Brother, sister, the Lord knows you. In the midst of this crooked and perverse generation, I want you to learn that the Lord knows you. And even as you have set in your heart through the power of the Holy Spirit to live for Christ. I want you to know that the Lord knows you. He said to the remnant, continue to remain faithful and don't give up. Sometimes when you are living for God or serving God or working for God, sometimes you can feel alone. Sometimes you can feel that you are the only one going through some difficulties or some challenges. Regarding your faith. But I want you to know that you are not alone. God has his people everywhere. 
God has remnant in Ghana. God has his remnant in America and in China and in all the nations of the world. He has his people. He knows his own. So you are not alone. In 1 Kings 19 verse 18, when Elijah was pleading with God in prayer, he said, Lord, I am the only prophet left in Israel. I'm the only one who has not bowed the knee to bow. And God said to Elijah, hold it. Thank you for your analysis, but your analysis is flawed. He said, I have reserved for myself 7,000 other prophets who have not bowed the knee to bow. Not everybody is messing up. Not everybody is misbehaving. Not everybody is misconducting themselves. Not everybody is not walking according to the ways of God. God has his remnants. I pray that you and I will continue to be the remnant of the Lord. I pray that you and I will continue to be those ones that the Lord will say, Have you considered my servant Amma? Have you considered my son John? Have you considered my son Obimpe? Have you considered my son Kwesi? Have you considered my son Paul? Have you considered my daughter Ajwa? May we be such in the name of Jesus. To the remnant in Sardis, he was saying, continue to be faithful and don't give up. You've been serving God faithfully through the years. Don't give up. That breakthrough is coming. That answer to the prayer is coming. Don't give up and pass somewhere. The answer is coming. The Lord that you have known, the Lord that you have decided to depend on, the Lord that you have decided to rely on, He will not let you down. I said He will not let you down. In the name of Jesus. The remnant. He is encouraging you tonight that your faith in Him will not be in vain. And at the end of the day, when our lives here on earth have come to an end, we have an assurance of mansions where we are going. We have an assurance of streets that are made of gold. Somebody one day had a dream, and in the dream he went to heaven, and he was carrying a bag, a sack of gold. And when he got to the gate of heaven, an angel met him and said, what is this that you are carrying? He said, oh, it's the gold I brought from earth. He said, what? That is what we work on in this city. It is the kota. It is the gravels, the stones. So please, drop your goods. You can bring it here. Hallelujah. Let us be encouraged by the promises of the word of God. Finally, Jesus had this to say. The last hour. So we've talked about a reputation. We've talked about renewal and revival. We've talked about remember, repent and return. We've talked about the remnant. His message to the remnant. Finally, Jesus talked about reward and recognition. Reward and recognition. A great promise for the conquerors. He said, those who will conquer, he who overcomes, the overcomers, the conquerors, you and I, who will not give up, who will not throw away the confidence of our faith, who will not turn aside after any other God, who will continue to stick to Christ. He said, he who overcomes will, like them, be dressed in white. The white stands for purity. 
It stands for God's peace. It stands for God's presence. He said we'll be dressed in white. No issue. No guile. No sin. No stain. Hallelujah. He said I will never blot out his name from the book of life. There are many schools of thought about whether people's names can be removed out of the book of life or reinserted. That is not the subject for tonight. But he gave a promise to the overcomers that I will never blot out your name from the book of life. Your names will remain written in the book of life. He said you will receive open declaration and honor before the Father and the host of heaven. He said he who overcomes will like them be dressed in white. I will never blot out his name from the book of life but will acknowledge his name before my father and his angels. There is a reward for your relationship with Christ. There is a reward for your faithful service to Christ. Reward and recognition. This was the promise to the overcomers. This was the promise to the conquerors. Brethren, if you and I will not give up, if you and I will continue to rely on Christ, depend on Him, be conscious of His presence, focus on what He has done for us, and our response in living for Him as a result of what He has done for us, then one day we would have great reward and recognition before the Father and the angels of heaven. And the saints that have gone on ahead of us. In Luke chapter 10 verse 20, as I conclude, in the New King James Version, this is what Jesus had to say. He said, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice, because your names are written in heaven. When the disciples came from the crusade, many souls saved, demons fleeing, sick, healed, dead, raised, and they were excited about it. Jesus said, I saw, past tense, Satan fall as lightning from heaven. He said, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Then he said, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you. But rather rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Today, some of us are priding ourselves that we have done our voters' registration. Some of us may miss it because it's ending in a few days' time. And we can beat our chest and say, yes, I'm going to vote. Jesus said, rejoice in this that your names are written in heaven you can have a voter id card you can have a national id card you can have a birth certificate you can have a passport you can have an employee staff id you can have everything thumbprint i whatever and everything and still not have your name in heaven i would prefer that my name will remain written in heaven and I pray that that will be your desire as well. I trust that these few words that Jesus spoke to the church in Sardis.
these few points I've shared have hit something in your spirit. I don't know what touched you, but please bow your head with me. Maybe for you, God is saying, continue to remain faithful. Don't give up. Maybe to you, he's reminding you that I will reward you. I will remember you. One day, you will receive honor that is above anything you've ever received on this earth. Somebody is reminding you that the most important place where your name should be written is in the Lamb's book of life. For somebody, he is saying, wake up, strengthen what little remains, encourage yourself in the Lord, yield unto the Holy Spirit, let him revive you. For some of us, he is saying, drop the reputation, drop the pretense, the hypocrisy, open up, repent. Some of us, he is saying, go back to what you first heard. Go back to the place of prayer. Go back. Go back to fellowship. Even fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Return. Remember. Repent. And return. May the Lord help us. In the name of Jesus.